Okay, you guys, let's do this. It's gonna be so professional. Okay. Like, so professional. Here we go. Welcome to the Lab Support Podcast with your host, Michelle Van Dusen and June Colson, a couple of clean comedians who support each other and others through comedy's wacky and whining roads. I hope you're ready. Get set. Let's go. Since podcasts have a catchy tune, we wrote this song for Michelle and June. Clean comedians are best friends too. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> and you never know what they'll say or do. Here we go, sing with y'all. Have support, or port with Michelle, who's really short. We'll have a ball, ball, ball with June, who's really tall. They have fun, fun, fun interviewing comedians. On my support, or port with Michelle, who's really short. Support podcast brought to you by the Hot Bread Comedy Network. Wow, you're so loud. It never gets old. It never gets old. <laughs> Welcome to the Laugh Support, the award-winning Laugh Support podcast. And I'm your host, June Colson, here with Michelle with one L, who's very short. Van Dusen. Hey, not today. Look at look at the way I think my chair raised up too much because I look really big and you look really small today. So if you're watching this on YouTube or Roku or Creative Motion Network, um, yeah, (laughs) that's better. (laughs) I'm just looking. I'm like, I don't look short today. So Mm. maybe if I move my camera away from me, how about that? No, there you go. Well, I did lower. I did lower my chair a little bit. I did lower my chair. So listen, I'm so excited about this episode. Look, I just did the face. Okay, I just did the face. Uh, Yes, you did. This is the this is the still (laughs) shot that they got of me when I did the crowd warm up at the Huckabee show. This is the shot. It's hilarious. It's It's the best. You're like that's my like freak out that's my freak out energy but as we do as we talked about before though like i you know, i may have done it wrong we'll find out our guest today can tell us but like as a, a crowd warm-up mm-hmm. uh, like i felt like like the energy that i had in me i wanted that to go out into the audience right i wanted them to be excited i was excited and i know that like this is the opportunity to get people hyped up but they have a cameraman who so yeah, if uh, and he 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 captured that beautiful moment of the psycho June, the raw. <laughs> it reminds it reminds me of that episode of of on uh, on Tootsie. I don't know if you ever watched the movie Tootsie, where you know D- Dustin Hoffman is playing a female character on a soap opera, and so you hear the directors going, "Okay, can we uh, zoom in? Zoom in? Not that close! Not that close!" Because they get up real close, like. <laughs> this goes back to my bobblehead, though. This goes back to yeah. the like, the um, the uh, who was it? Jonathan? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. Jonathan. Jonathan Nichols. 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 No, Nicholas. Nicholas. There's yeah. the messed up name again. Yeah, the the bit. Give him the bobble. Like it constantly. My it. head is so big; it always looks like it's like a, a close up of my face of my face. Okay, Michelle. So before yes. we bring our guest on, I got to show yes. you. Um, I think okay. we're going to start doing this at the beginning of the show. It's going to okay. be, um, what did June find at Mo's house? Okay. So oh, for our listeners, oh, you all know my mama, okay. Mo, uh, she's passed away, um, May 15th and I'm helping my dad go through all of her things. And my mom, um, my mom, she was a hoarder, like clinically, like she, she literally mm-hmm. was a hoarder in the episode you ever saw of that. Like it's not been the easiest in the world to, to be able to sort through those things and go through that with my daddy hot dog. Mm -hmm. Um, but 
there's interesting things that show up. Okay. So we found some very okay. interesting things. Um, we'll go over these maybe uh, next episode, but do you remember these guys? Garbage pile kids. <laughs> Wow, those are so old. You could probably get some good money for that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Possibly. So yeah. So um. So next episode we'll go over those because I don't want to waste too much time. But then okay. I realized why I have such a weird um, taste in music and why I never like learned a specific genre because my family I have boxes and boxes of mom's records. Okay. Yeah. Crystal Gale. There it is. I remember, I remember her hair and every uh, every doll that I had. Her name was Crystal. My first born daughter was going to be named Crystal. Uh, Crystal Gale, because I was really creative. We got mm -hmm. Ray Charles. Okay. okay. So Crystal Gale. Right. Then we got Ray Tra Charles. Two great musicians. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, the Twist Party. Okay. I think I've oh. mentioned this before. My mom, was the, Come on now. my mom was the very first uh, twist victim at the Indianapolis Hospital, where she blew her knee out doing the twist at a sock hop. <laughs> she loved to tell everybody all about how Chubby Checker destroyed her knee. So, so you know I, I'm hanging on to this one. All right. Yeah. yeah. Then we got... Purple Rain. Okay, Whoa. wait. Where, where did that one come from? I know. No, I know. So, so mom, one of Ray these Charles, things does not belong. It's Ray, Purple Rain. Listen, no, it gets better. Purple Rain. So this was uh -huh. so uh, Prince and I had the same birthday, and um, oh, okay. I absolutely loved Purple Rain. He was so dramatic and sad, like me when I was a kid. Right then, and then Amy Grant. Amy Grant didn't even know that my parents ever listened to any Christian artist. My husband but maybe, had that one. Did he? Okay. So, yeah, he did. So there's he did. Amy I didn't Grant know in the mix. A lot of Amy Grant at all. So breakdance. How what? about breakdance? Can you I didn't break dance? My brother moves. didn't break dance. So that leaves <laughs> Mo and Hot Dog. Can you imagine? Mo that's and how Hot her that's dancing. how she blew out her knee. She blew out her knee doing breakdance. She didn't do it from Chubby Checker. Maybe, I'm sorry. No, maybe that's maybe it was the other knee. Then oh, then we have like breaking the movie breaking oh, soundtrack wow. to that. Right. Okay. So apparently my parents were really into breakdancing. And then this is my favorite. Check it out. What is this? 20 aerobic dance. <laughs> 20 aerobic I'm, dance hits. I'm so glad that didn't say like it was only Jane Fonda or only um, no. the guy. What's the guy? What's his name? Um, you know, the oldie guy, the, oh, the twisted hair. To the oldies. No, Richard, Richard Simmons. Richard Simmons. Richard Simmons. Yeah. No, Richard Simmons. <laughs> He's had good music. I'm so confused by this record. 20 aerobic dance hits. Okay. Um, I get it. Fame. That one. I'm going to live forever. Yeah. Okay. I got, I got that. I got that one. Um, yeah. But then driving my life away. Ooh, I'm driving my life away. Looking for a sunny day is that for like me. Kenny Loggins like how is how do you exercise to that? You're driving. What you got your one arm out, then you put your one arm in, then you put your Listen, one no, arm. No, no. You got turn. Elvira. <laughs> Elvira was an aerobic Elvira. My heart's so. on fire for Elvira. How is this, is this aerobic music? Is this aerobics for those that are sitting in chairs? I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Funky Town. I get it. Won't you take me to Funky Town? Okay. Copacabana. <laughs> At the Copa. Copacabana. But here's where they lost me. Stand by me when the night has come. How is that aerobic music? <laughs> I, I don't understand. Well, so just, just the title, Stand by me that's Maybe. almost as when my sister said she was you know she um you know she's gonna go exercise she's gonna do yoga i'm like you're gonna breathe really yeah, yeah. you're just gonna go just go breathe 
I don't wow, know. I don't, what a workout that was. That is probably something I need to do because I don't think I ever slowed down enough to breathe. But come on, stand by me as aerobic <laughs> music. But this is this is my family and their taste in music and my life. I was always just, nothing was ever consistent or made sense. It you explains know? It just, ADD. It does explain the ADD. But we're, we're doing it. We're doing it. God uses it. He can use okay, it. Okay. He can use it. All right. So so yeah. here's the deal, Pickle. Yeah. I bring up the music and and. And all of that because I'm mm-hmm. super excited to have the guests that we're on yes. today. Um, what what brought this guest to our attention is an ex- my experience being able to meet her and work with her at the Huckabee Show. But mm. she is she is so multi talented, and music is mm-hmm. a huge part of the gift that God gave her. So tell us, Vendusen. Who was on the show today? I'm like, are you doing the intro now? What's happened? What no, happened? No, no, no. Okay. No, no. It's all you. Go. Go, Michelle. Go so, while you can. I'll drink yeah. water and be quiet. Everybody listen now. I mess up this name too. Our guest today has a beautiful testimony of redemption. She's an author, a music recording artist, a minister of music, a pastor, and also a performing Patsy Cline impressionist. That's pretty cool. She mm-hmm. is the events and audience producer for Huckabee, which airs on the Trinity Broadcasting Network. Let's welcome to the Laugh Support Podcast this multi-talented woman of faith, Wynette Turner. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hello, everybody. Hey. No, I've been here. I have been listening to you, and I've been using my shirt to wipe away the laughter tears. <laughs> I mean, some of those songs that you just listed from that album. I'm going. What was? I think that was probably mostly early '80s music. Yes. Which I'm thinking, you know, I'm almost 60, so I'm obviously older than you ladies. And I can tell you those were songs that we loved back in the late 70s, early 80s. So I imagine that's probably where a lot of that came from. But anyway. <laughs> well, can you imagine, though? I just don't, I definitely don't get Stand By Me as aerobic activity. Like, <laughs> I'm not sure. Maybe a slow dance for a couple. I don't maybe. know. Oh, wait, no. Wasn't that a movie? I'm thinking that the yeah. Stand By Me is when when they found the dead body, everyone was running. And so you now so? they have the aerobic or when they're on the train is coming and they're running oh, yeah. and running. That's yeah. where the exercise comes from. You're welcome. That truly was like that soundtrack to that movie was one of my favorite, like to this, I, I pulled it up the other day and just listened to it. It has Lollipop and Mr. Lee and it's got some of my favorite songs on there. Yes. But okay. So I didn't know that one. Enough about the aerobic music. So Wynette, Wynette. Okay. I, I got to meet you through the Huckabee show. Okay. So my first time going, um, one of the comedians, his first time doing crowd warm up, it was Lee Harden. Um, and I met Lee through Jeff Allen at a writer's group outside of, um, Nashville. And Lee was like, Hey, they let, you know, let a couple people go backstage. His parents weren't able to go with him. And so my husband and I kind of were like Lee's parents. I guess. (laughs) And so he was like, do you want to go backstage? Would you and Jay like to go with me? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And so I, I, the first time I went, I got to go backstage with him and see the, you know, just see the workings of what was going on behind the scenes. And then they took us out to our seat and they set us down in the audience. And I had never seen a television show filmed before. Oh, okay. And so this was my very first time experiencing all of that. And it was absolutely fascinating. And, and I got to see how the people at, at Huckabee were just so kind 
to Lee and to all of the people who were in the audience. And it's this whole vibe and this experience that that people get to have when they come to the show. And so if you would tell us a little bit about how you got to work for the Huckabee show and then kind of how you got into this booking warm up comedians for the show. Yeah. Okay. So this could, this, you know, how much time do you have? <laughs> we have all the time you need, sister. All the time. And, and for the record, we have no tech skills, so we don't edit. So everything okay. that we do, so, it's out there real and raw. So what I'm doing right now, I'm I'm looking down because I'm trying to look for something that I want to show you. And, and I have it right here. So what happens is, um, gosh, I guess back in the, I guess it was around 1990, um, of course, like I've already mentioned my age, I'm a little bit older, so I've, I've had a few experiences in life. But uh, my parents were uh, pastors. Both of my grandfathers were pastors. And everyone in our family was musical. Mm. So uh, when I turned 15, uh, we were from uh, Southern Ohio, just above Cincinnati. My father decided that he wanted to move us all to Nashville because all of his kids were musical. And he was a minister. And he he felt like he was being led to come to the Tennessee area. And um, I, being his oldest of five kids, uh, was the one that was more aware of what was really happening. And so I was quite traumatized over it, mm. uh, not realizing that it was God's plan. Yeah. But uh, once we got settled, I, the only remembrance I have of it is we had this big car, five kids in the back seat, laying on a pile of clothes. Okay. Mm -hmm. and that was all we took with us. And we started over in Tennessee. We landed in Hendersonville, Tennessee, which by our irony is where I now work is in Hendersonville, Tennessee, mm -hmm. all these years later. I'm oh. almost 60. And that was over 40 some years ago uh, in 1978 in November when we moved to, to Tennessee. Uh, fast forwarding, um, I instantly began to get um, musical opportunities to do demos for songwriters in Nashville. I did my first uh, recording session at the age of 15 uh, to sing songs that were originals written by writers that either I knew from my church or just from being around town and, and my parents' acquaintances. It kind of led me down a path of realizing that music was a gift that, that I'd been given. And I really enjoyed the way people seemed to respond to music when I sang. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, of course, I'm so young. I don't really understand, you know, all the inner workings of why or what all was going on. But later in life, I realized that was just part of God's plan. And, and God uses music um, to help people. It's a healing agent in mm -hmm. life. So, um, as time went on, I realized I wanted more of it. I started seeking a record deal with the help of some in individuals, was doing very well, meeting the right people. Um, and then, and at this time I was only 16. Um, this was when Amy mm -hmm. Grant had just hit big. You just mentioned Amy Grant. Yeah. Um, and I was going to Koinonia bookstore to her, to the concerts and things that the writers were doing. And she was one of the regulars out there with her guitar and, and we would uh, all be there singing along. And I realized that this was a path that I think God was going to take me down. So mm -hmm. as a young pastor's kid, you know, I'm praying about my future and whatever that's going to be. But I began to realize that God had instilled within me some other gifts, which is the gift of gab and the gift to, <laughs> you know, to just, just be a people person, mm -hmm. be a listener, um, to be a good conversationalist. And I, I, I realized that I had 
this hospitable nature about me. And, um, and, and I, I cried a lot. I had a lot of compassion over people Mm. and things that they were dealing with. So I'm like, what in the heck, you know, why did you make me like this? Not knowing that as I grew older, all this was going to come into play. Um, But as uh, I, I, I got some, did a lot of records, uh, worked with all these different people. And I'm one day I was like, wait a minute, I'm doing all this music for everybody else, but I didn't, I'm not doing anything for myself. What's going on here, you know? And uh, so I finally started working on my own music and realized I'm also a writer. And mm. so I started writing music. I found myself struggling with the gospel type music. And it was easier for me to write country music because it was more about life where I was at the moment Mm -hmm. and what it was easier for me to articulate words for country songs rather than gospel because gospel seemed so elevated and more um, heavenly, you know, it seemed like it was harder for me to articulate the kinds of words as a young girl, you know, that I could myself in music. As I got older, it was easier to do that. So I went to Branson in the early nineties because I was trying to get more stage experience. I had all the Mm -hmm. music, I'd won some talent competitions. I'd, you know, done a lot of things, but I didn't really have a lot of stage experience. And this was what all the record labels in Nashville kept telling me was, you're awesome. We really like you, but you don't have any experience with live audiences. I was like, I'm with a live audience every week. I'm in church on the platform, you know, it's not the same. It's not the same, ma'am. And I'm just like, okay. So I went to Branson with the hopes that I could audition and, and land a gig. And uh, at the time I was married, um, 19, and um, the, uh, the plan was, hey, we're going to go audition. If you can get the, the job, we'll move there. So I got the job, but I not only got that job, I auditioned for several levels. I got three job offers. So it was wow. like, okay, the music thing is right. I've got mm. the opportunity. So we moved to Branson. Um, I moved to Branson and started uh, working live shows. They started teaching me how to dance, um, how to do audience engagement. And all of these words are words that we use now with the Huckabee show. Audience mm-hmm. engagement, you know, entertainment. Um, then I, you know, after I, Branson, I worked with a lot of wonderful artists. I started to develop my, my Patsy Klein show. And that was a fluke. I was working at the Mickey Gilly Theater doing a morning show. We had a lot of buses that would come through and the guy that ran the show, he was a songwriter in Nashville and uh, he impersonated Hank Williams. Mm. So he decided, okay, in the second half of the show, we're going to switch gears and we're going to impersonate well-known artists in the second half of the show from now on. And so he's looking at this person. He's like, you're going to be this guy. You're going to be this girl. And you're going to do that. And he looks at me and goes, you're going to be Patsy Cline. And I said, the heck I am. <laughs> Don't you dare, you know, that no, because everybody knows what she sounds like. Mm-hmm. They know what her look is. There's no way I could ever master that. And in my upbringing, my parents were great singers and writers and musicians. They taught me how to sing harmony at like four years old. Okay. I'm like wow. very, you know, a very disciplined uh, structure. I would sit on the the organ stool with my mother while she's playing organ, and and more than often she was bumping into me with her elbow trying to hit a high key. Um, that's how close I was sitting next to her on the stool. But I was learning from her while she's playing and singing. 
she'd be she'd say like try to harmonize with me while I while she's playing and singing. Mm. She's listening to me at the same time as she's doing worship at our church. And I was learning how to do harmony. So what I'm getting at is that in my training of music, it had to be perfect or I wasn't mm. doing it because my parents had instilled perfection in me. So mm. when he says Patsy Klein, I'm like, no, give me somebody easy. Give me somebody that it's easy. For <laughs> I started to say a name, but I'm not going to say it. Because <laughs> <laughs> then I can make mistakes and everybody would say, oh, isn't mm -hmm. that funny? You know, she's mm -hmm. great, you know, but I, I ended up doing Patsy. And that's how that started was not me planning it. Um, mm -hmm. It was like, Wynette, you're going to do it or you're fired. And I said, where's the wig? Yes. Simple as wow. that. You know? So he drove me to Springfield, Missouri one day. We picked out a wig and a costume. He said, I'll buy you some boots and you, you need to come up with a, an outfit with some fringe. And so that's how that started. And to this day, 40, well, let's see, not 40, 30 some years later, I'm still doing Patsy Cline for charities um, wow. and special events, not for money typically. Um, if I ever do it for money, the money goes into Music Amplifies, which is a uh, uh, kind of an, uh, a, I, I want to call it a nonprofit, but it hasn't been approved yet. But we put money back to help other causes with that. So oh, that, wow. that was kind of my first introduction to audience engagement and entertaining on a different level than in the church. And mm. so then um, years later, after working with so many different people, I left and went to Myrtle Beach. I worked in Pigeon Forge all these other tourism towns, Patsy. And I got married. Um, uh, I had divorced and gotten married. And uh, a year and a half later, we had my son, Chase. And when that happened, I retired from music and decided, okay, it's a new season for me. I'm just going to do, I'm going to be a mother. And in, 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 I don't know what's next. Well, as it would have it, I came back to Nashville and there was an opening at the local newspaper called Gannett, which is like, they own like, hundred at the time they owned hundreds of newspapers across the globe uh, one of the biggest communications companies out there I started working in at that point in advertising and marketing um, artwork and design I love doing um, designing advertising ads and things like that mm. all of this started to pile up in experience to where I'm headed down the road and and I guess you know the theme of the story is, you never know what jobs you have here that don't come back to be part of yes. your life again down the road. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I kept trying to say, I don't, I don't understand why all these moves, but I'm with you God. I'll, I'll go with every option or every path that you put in front of me. Yes. Every open door. And so as fate would have it, um, I got a job um, working in, in advertising and media. And then I switched to uh, tourism advertising, um, which is another whole level to this. And one day I was at Trinity uh, Broadcasting Network's Nashville base, and they were one of my clients and they were um, doing advertising through me, through tourism magazines, uh, because they were trying to reinvent themselves as a tourist attraction again, after they had been for like mm. years there. But then when Conway Twitty passed away, they bought the land out in Hendersonville and then started developing it. They had good tourism for a while. And then they started switching off to production work and things like that. So there really wasn't as much for 
for, for people to do when they came. So they hired mm -hmm. me to come in and try to be the voice of the community, get out there, tell people about us, come on out, tour the property, see Conway Twitty's old house. Um, they own the property that used to be called Twitty City. Yeah. So anybody that knows who Conway Twitty was <laughs> would know he built it in 81. And then uh, he was there until he passed. And I think that was around 93 or early 94. And then TBN came in and bought it. So there's all this rich history there on the property. Mm -hmm. And as as a person that lived in the area for a while, I was familiar with it. But it, at the time, they were really doing well. I was still living abroad. I was in the tourist town. So I wasn't really there during their heyday of mm -hmm. launching TBN in, in the Nashville area. So they hired me. They asked me, would you consider working for us? And basically, I was like, yes. Let me talk to my husband about it. And I went home and he said, they offered you a job, didn't they? And I said, how did you know that? He said, I just knew it. I just knew it because you're what you are capable of would be such a, you know, mm. match for that. And I was like, wow, I can't believe that, that you had that feeling. He goes, yeah. So I took the job, uh, not knowing what the future would be, no expectations, realizing that um, it was going to be completely different than what I had been doing. I was in a leadership role uh, in tourism and marketing and advertising. Here at TBN, I was not in a leadership role. So it was a real challenge for me, um, yeah. you know, to just say, step back and go, okay, you're not in charge. Just be a blessing. Do do whatever God lays in front of you mm. in your hands and go for it. And so I did the best that I could. About four years into it, they walk up to me one day and go, hey, we're getting ready to launch a new show. And we think that you would be a really good fit as a team member for this specific new show. Would you be interested? I'm like, well, yeah, watch the show. They're like, we can't tell you. And I'm going, I, <laughs> yeah, you want me to say yes? And you can't even tell me what it is, you know, or who it is. Yes. Yeah, we can't tell you yet. We can't do that. And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I'm interested. Please keep me in mind when you can tell me. And so I guess about another month went by and they came back again and, and it told me and uh, they said, we, we have uh, just, we're going to put a new show together and it's going to be the former uh, governor of Arkansas, Mike Huckabee. Do you know him? I said, heck yeah, I know who he is. And they said, well, would you be interested? I said, oh yes, I would absolutely be interested in that. Um, and they were, and they were, and their comment was, well, you know, your music background, your entertainment background, your mm. background, your marketing, advertising, your people, person skills are all going to be so important. And that's why we think you're the fit for this job. We could go oh. get someone, but we know your background. Would you? And I was like, I would, oh my gosh, I would love to do this. So they gave me the honor of being there before it even started being in wow. on all the planning meetings, helping to create what the audience wow. experience was going to be um, all the way to creating. I don't know if you remember June, when you were on there, they played a history video before the mm -hmm. show started of what the history of the property and the theater was yes. the audience and things like that. So they let me be part of that. And I was so honored by that. Um, I've been there now for, I think a little over eight years total. Mm. And uh, four and a half of that has been with the Huckabee Show. Our first show was October the 6th, 2017. Mm. Uh, we're only about eight episodes away from starting season six, believe it or wow. not. Wow. you believe wow. that? Wow. So we're in season five now, uh, far into it, and it's going well. 
Um, so that's how the job opportunity became available. And so for me, it was important for me to figure out, okay, what's my mission statement going to be? What, what is it? How important is it? What is it good? What needs to be said uh, for if I have a team that I'm putting together, what do they need to know their role is in all of this? So I'm pulling this up because I wanted to show you. I could tell you what the scripture is, but I thought it would be better to read it to you. So I developed a mission statement and, and part of the audience experience is knowing what our role is as the we call ourselves Huckabee helpers. That's mm. our our title. Mm-hmm. The mission statement is first Peter four, eight through 11. And it basically talks about above all love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins, offer mm-hmm. hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. To me, that's such a powerful line, his grace in its various forms. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I was like, okay. And if anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ to him, be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So that was the, the mission scripture or statement of our team. And I started to develop this team. And my thought was, I don't want my audience to just be coming to a TV taping. I I need to understand who they are. First of all, so I've learned over time what our demographic is, mm-hmm. the ages, which I think June I might have shared with you ahead of time. Yes. They're typically this, they're typically this old, they have grandkids, yes. they're, you know, they're patriotic, you know, all of these different variables. But we wanted them to have what we call the Huckabee experience. So we started deciding what does that look like? So we started thinking about things that would be important to them, like patriotism. So we have, um, I created a big giant flag that has dog tags on it that they can fill out and put veterans names on it and hang mm-hmm. them to the flag. Oh, and wow. That's now neat. it has about 3,000 veterans yeah. names on it. And yeah. we we have it, you know, on the wall. And, and as the audience comes through before they're seated, they can, they can memorialize a loved one mm-hmm. on that flag. And they remain there still today after all these years. Uh, we also have a Christmas tree that's spray painted red, white, and blue. And veterans come in and bring ornaments like this guy that might've been in the air force brings a plane or, you wow. know, this lady that uh, might, might've worked for the Seabees, you know, she brings something that reminds her of that. And so we've allowed them to make it their own. Mm-hmm. And so we support community causes. We let the audience bring in, uh, donatable items uh, that go to a cause every month. Like right now we're collecting things for kids uh, for a child's advocacy program that's in the county. And then once a month, we just surprise these nonprofits or organizations with all the things that the audience brought in, which piles up over a month's mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. as you can imagine. And they're always so blessed and moved by it. And it's a great way for us as a show and a team, the Huckabee Helpers, to say, we love you. We're part of the community with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These people, the audience members love you too. And many of them don't even live here, but they want to see you be successful. And so wow. we've developed this experience mm-hmm. where they not only come in and register, of course, we have security to go through. Everyone has mm-hmm. to do that. Uh, but also they come in, they are served refreshments. They're served a dessert. Or if it's a theme night, let's say if it's Elvis night, you know, Elvis is walking around and they're taking pictures with him. Mm-hmm. And 
Um, we try to create a fun vibe <laughs> you know, so that when they go in for the show, they're all hyped up. If it's not on that, it's on sugar. One or the other. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So we, we just have created this, you know, and so the yeah, one thing, amazing. The warm up part of it was I felt like, okay, we can only do so much as the helpers. Mm -hmm. um, but I think if we bring in some comedy ahead of time that can kind of help them to refocus and help them, you know, to get ready to be entertained, uh, get their laughter and their giggles going, um, that it would be really good. And you know what? It has been. It's been amazing. Mm. Um, and June, you you were amazing. Everyone loved you so much. And what's fun about it, too, if for me, is I'm sitting back at my station watching you guys do your craft, and I'm dying laughing just like everyone else. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I wonder if somebody backstage is listening to them. Because if they really like them, they may ask them to be on the show, you know, actually yeah. be on air, you know. And that has happened. Uh, that has happened. Mm -hmm. And so it's such a joy to me to allow the warm-ups to come in and share their craft mm -hmm. and not only, you know, have to, to share it with an audience of a couple hundred people, which is what we see on the lower level, um, or but to also be able to share it with the full team, the camera operators, yeah. the backstage helpers. I don't know, June, who... who you ran into backstage, but you know, there was a lot of people back there, right? Yes. So, yeah. so the, the team is massive. I mean, the number of people that, that just produce one show is in the fifties to sixties uh, numbers mm. of people that it takes to actually produce it. So, mm. you know, it's been incredible. And, and I know their vision was something pretty powerful, which I'll share with you a little bit later. I'd love to let you guys get a word in edgewise here. But <laughs> you have the show. <laughs> oh, no, I think that's awesome. And, it, you know, from the very beginning, as you began to speak and you were talking about all of these different elements that, that got to put in your life, you know, I was that little girl who was the chatty Kathy. I was, um, I do a bit in my comedy called the gift of gab, but my dad told me it was the curse of conversation <laughs> and I, and I got it from my mother. And one of my punchlines is she's the only woman I know that telemarketers have on a do not call list. <laughs> and you know, when you do, when you are that person who is that uh, imaginative person and you, and you talk all the time and your brain is going like that and you, 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 you get more hush, June hush. Like I thought hush was my middle name because I heard it all the time and it can stifle that in you. And you, sometimes it can feel like yes. this is a curse. Like I'm, you know, something's wrong with me because, and I, and I would feel like this is the only skills that I have. Like, I don't really, there's not, you know, but when you're talking about, um, loving people and the Michelle can tell you, uh, it, like, I didn't realize that being accommodating could be a spiritual gift, could be something that, you know, cause my home is the home that everyone comes to and, yes. and we take care of. And I was listening to you and it just, God was kind of reminding me of like, remember, remember how you thought that couldn't be used, you know? And, and so it was, it, it is, it was a powerful um, experience for me. And I think something about me that maybe is a little bit different than, other comics is that would be amazing. That would be amazing if someone heard me and they went, wow, we want her on the show. Yeah. But because God called me into comedy, I don't ever look at an experience like this is make or break. Right. If I mess this up, they'll all hate me and I'll never get to do comedy again. Well, God, as you said, doors open, doors close. And you thank mm -hmm. him for the closed doors as much as you should thank him for the ones that open. And yeah. what I want to do is always honor him. Um, one of the guys in the green room said, are you nervous? 
And I said, I'm learning to change the language from I'm nervous to I'm excited Mm -hmm. and stop Mm -hmm. saying that I'm nervous. And I hope that I am always excited because you have that picture to prove it. I have that picture because that's (laughs) me, right? But it also feels like that's the part of me that I've always had to like, hold back, be be cool, June, be cool. You know, I want to think you're such a nerd, but, but I am, I'm a complete, I'm a complete dork, but I was so blessed by, um, so Keith Bilbrey, who, uh, I, I got to introduce, which I did mess that up because I thought he was going to be at the podium to the side, Michelle, you've seen the video. I thought he was going to be at the side. He comes out of the back. Of course I I had to do something wrong because I think it's okay. It's okay if you mess up because it's human. And, you know, I didn't want to mess up royally or anything but keith and his wife is it's emmy lou right joe emmy joe Joe, i'm sorry i said lou emmy joe um believe it or not they came to the clean comedy challenge in nashville in 2020 when we could only have 20 audience members in the entire club everybody was six feet apart and they were there the night that i won the clean comedy challenge oh nice and i remember seeing behind the mask i could see Keith and his wife were smiling. They were, and they were, you could tell they've been in the industry a long time. Like literally it was such a tough environment to do comedy in. And you could see them willing the contestants on like truly, like I was watching them watching other comedians before it was my turn to go up and you find the people in the room. I can tell you the faces. There was a gentleman at the Huckabee show in the very front row. When I started doing the McDonald's menu, Yes. His expression. I was like, this is the guy because sometimes it'll just be for one person in the room. Everybody might not get what you're doing, sure. yeah. but God has always said, June, there's one, there's somebody in this room that I wanted to either see you succeed or fail. Like sometimes even <laughs> in the failure, you get to, you get to connect with somebody and have a conversation, yes. but Keith and his wife, they, they were just very special in that front row. And then afterwards, I remember they came up and asked to take a picture with me after I won. And I thought, this is the voice of the grand old Opry. Why would he want a picture with me? Like, oh my gosh. But when I was in the green room, um, I reintroduced myself to Keith and, and he was like, oh yes, no, I remember you. But when his wife came in, she goes, you did the McDonald's menu. Like she remembered me. She yes. came in the room and she remembered me That's and gave cool. me a big hug and, and embraced me. And, and, and I did, I get, I got to, you know, conversate. There's a girl named Katie back there who was so yes. kind. And um, I'll tell you the first time that I came to the Huckabee show when I, when I was with, when I was with Lee, I went to the restroom because I didn't know when they were going to take us out. And I come out of the bathroom and the governor is standing there. <laughs> and then I had been having like a 20 minute conversation with the makeup artist who was in the room because that's what yes. I do. And right. I, and I learned that she was from Nashville and I, you know, all of these things about her and, and I go to the bathroom and I come out and there, there he is. And I'm like, did I, did I go in the men's bathroom? Like, this is where I met him was like the women's restroom. And I'm such a dork. I was just like, okay, okay. Up. But, I mean, uh, where do you go and walk out of a bathroom door and walk into a governor? I yes. mean, you don't. <laughs> no, but that's my life. That's how weird right. my experiences in life are. But you, you definitely created. So the first time I went backstage, mm-hmm. but the second time I came, I just came to watch um, a couple of my friends who were on the show. And so then I went through security. Yes. And that sounds so intimidating. Security, know, even right? security are the kindest people. 
at the show. And it is. So I've got to go several times and just be in that area. So Michelle, when you get there, there's people from the show already standing outside the doors before you go through security. Just, hey, like they're your best friend. Mm. You feel so welcome from the second you step on that property. The security is kind to you as they're waving the wand because I always set off the alarm with something. And then that's and then true. They have, they have food and stuff. And I, I am a people watcher as well. So I step back and I watch the excitement of the people in the room. And and so then I got to where I kind of hover over by the cutout of the governor because people always want their picture. To, and I'm not doing most of the time. I'm just there by myself. And so I'll take your photo bombing every person's picture. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm jumping in. I'm selfie. Every, everyone who is at the Huckabee show when I'm there and I go through the security area, they all have my picture on their I phones. Want to be a Huckabee helper? I would love to be a Huckabee helper. I love She's it. She's unofficial. I hang out, talk to the people, but I'm telling you, I had friends come that night. One who's a veteran, um, who's a Marine, a veteran, and and they're from here in Bowling Green, one of the sweetest couples and super strong in their faith and their community and all of that stuff. And they didn't know anything about the show. And I've been, so they, they were like, we're, oh, we're coming back. You know, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, they not only do they honor veterans, but you guys also do first responders as well. We do. Yeah. And wow. my my husband's a retired fire family. chief. Yes, that's my whole family. My husband's a retired fire chief. Um, my father-in-law was there who it, who was a volunteer fire chief for 15 years, Love retired it. from Toyota, came back to his hometown and is now back helping the department wow. in his area right. and, and my mother-in-law who, by the way, I don't know that Wynette, I'm sorry, she didn't read the dress code necessarily because, you know, it's kind of like a casual, like, oh, it's yeah. a, a lot dress of people think it's a tourism uh, vacation thing. You know? Yeah. She wore a hot pink June Colson comedy t-shirt <laughs> in the center of the, and she just kept pointing to my name. Like nobody knows me. Nobody knows. Yeah, that's great. So she, she had such a good time, but so when it comes to the, when it comes to the warm up, um, one thing that I noticed at the Huckabee show, every, everybody's funny uh trey corley yes hilarious he's the he he leads the band and the huckabee show um keith is so funny and yes. his banter back and forth the governor okay so the night that i was on shonda pierce was there oh, and wow. shonda has become um a mentor and a friend of mine and i was so excited because that was such a god moment where i got to text her right away when i saw i was like guess who's doing the warm-up that night? So she came up, gave me a hug, made sure that the governor knew that she knew me and I knew him. And he was telling jokes uh, to Shonda. And they were just reminiscing and, and telling stories. But like comedy is such a huge part of that show, yes, it is. isn't it? 100%. Mm-hmm. I mean, I it's the most common part of everything there. I mean, the governor, when I first met him, I mean, I only knew him of his political history or seeing them on Fox, you know, or news commentation or stuff like that. But then when you start working with him, you see he's super quick witted. Yes. I mean, super quick. I mean, I, I don't know where it comes from, but he is an amazing host because he's so good at the quick little, yeah. you know, jokes and comments. And then you throw Keith into that, you throw Trey into that and all three yeah. of them together create this ridiculously funny situation. You cannot sit in the audience at the Huckabee show and not laugh. You can't. And so the warm up comedy is kind of the setup for the whole thing. So without the warm up comedy, it it feels like you're 
you know, it, it just doesn't work without that. You have to have that first. And then all the rest of the things that they do, the other three guys on stage, you've already primed them. They're ready to laugh. They're having a good time and they're open to it. Yeah. See, the warm up comedy is what kind of opens them up to be able to really receive. Um, my goal is always to make sure that everybody leaves with delight on their face. That is the, mm. the uh, senior producer who initially helped us launch the show who has moved on to other projects. Um, he always told me, so Wynette, whatever you create for an experience, make sure that they're leaving with delight, delight on their face mm -hmm. and rolling from their lips. And it will be great. It'll be a success. And he was really instrumental in that. As a matter of fact, he's Katie's, who you talked about, father. Katie's father is an amazing producer. Uh, he's done projects all over the world. Uh, TV production. And so it was an honor to have uh, to be under him as well mm. as another gentleman named Andy Freeman for the first three years of the show. I have been so blessed by all of these people that God has brought into my life through this experience and the comedians, the warm up comedians. Oh my gosh, you guys are such a blessing to my life. I, I, I count it an honor for you to know my name and for me to know your name. It's just, it's, it's cool. I love it. It's that extension thing, that communication thing. It's that mm. connection thing, you know, that uh, being a person of gab, um, I live and, and breathe for the connections. It, it's, it's what it, life is all about yeah. and, and how we can be a blessing to people through those connections. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's what it's all about for me. Um, it, it's been such an honor and we have had, some of the most extraordinary guests, uh, like for instance, you, if you remember Meatloaf, who was yes. a rock legend, you know, yes. Um, the the last appearance he did was with us, and yes. got up and sang several songs, and blew, of course, blew everybody away, um, including the the very best of the best that was there, blew all of us away. Mm -hmm. So we've had people like him and the Beach Boys and Hollywood celebrities and yes. uh, political people, but in every case, our goal is to, we don't care where they stand on anything. We're not there to judge or to try to make them think like us or act like us. Right. It's all about uh, being a blessing to them and helping yes. them see what it's, as their experience there is, uh, making sure that it emulates the love of Christ in whatever form that it takes mm -hmm. on. So it, it's been a blessing to see that we can be a blessing to the people that are actually on air guests who may never have never been with us before may not have any concept of what it is mm -hmm. to be on a Christian television TV set um, and actually receive uh, the feeling that, that, that they are great, important um, uh, and are valued. And so that was, is one of our mission, you know, goals is to be a blessing to them, but we also want to be a um, create programming for the on air TV viewers you know, the people that right. are going to see the show, the program. And then the third element is the people that are in the studio, the audience, you know, uh, and which is why the warm up comedy is so important that it's clean and that it's wholesome mm -hmm. and all of that is because we also want to be a blessing. You got three different ways or audiences that you're dealing with um, for every tape and the audience of the back on air guests, the audience of the viewers and the audience of the live studio. Mm. It's been phenomenal to see how all this, everything comes together and can make such a statement 
um, that emulates. It's kind of like it whispers the name of Jesus. Yes. The program, but it's not yeah. about Jesus. It's about what's going on in the in the world and the news. It's the entertainment. It's the comedy. Mm-hmm. It's the guy on the tricycle, the, you know, that's trying to what do you call those unicycle? Yes. Right <laughs> around the stage, then it's 12 feet tall. And, you know, it's all about the experience. Um, and, and the, the moments come together and create the whisper. You mm-hmm. see so there's yes. still, there's still a faith base to it, but it's not a Christian program. It is right. hosted by a believer. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it is not a, uh, branded as a Christian. And that is why, we have people come from everywhere, all walks of life to be part of the live studio audience. Mm-hmm. It's been so incredible. I've met, I actually met a man that's 105 years old, Michelle, like a month ago, wow. 105, wow. still kicking. And I was blown away that he was such a super fan of the show. And we decided to buy a giant cheat cake and have a huge birthday party for him with the live audience. And it's mm. those Moments that you can create with yeah. an audience, the Huckabee experience that I'm talking about, you create moments that become memories that they'll never forget. Mm-hmm. And you hope that somewhere in that moment, they realize that somebody loves them. And yes. that's what my job is. That's mm-hmm. it. So good. Well, that's you def- so good. you definitely feel loved when you're there. You can definitely tell that the, you know, that the spirit of Christ is, is all around that theater. And, and it is definitely is a place that um, someone of faith, uh, feels comfortable. It feels like a place that you can be, you know, can be very comfortable. I've been there when, I, when there was an acrobat hanging off of the ceiling. Oh I've, seen, uh, I've seen, I've <laughs> seen uh, magicians and it, it is cool. It is cool to see a variety of things that are happening. Now, Michelle, you had a question about, um, you were curious about the etiquette, like the, the thing. Yeah. But, but before I ask about the etiquette, I actually, um, because you guys keep talking about just the experience of being an audience member, um, can just anybody go like, how, how do how do you get to be an audience member at the Huckabee show? Yeah. Here's, here's the amazing thing about it. It's free. Number one, What? there's no cost involved. So the only thing that we require is that you go online ahead of time and register your seat. Because we have a limited number of seats, obviously, mm-hmm. we can only mm-hmm. allow so many people for taping. So what we do is we put it up on Huckabee.tv and you just click on free tickets and then it, it lists like the next four or five tapings at a time. And you click on the one that you want to go to. And the only requirement is that you are at least 16 years of age. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we can't actually bring in a high school group unless they're that age or older. Mm-hmm. But we can we, we've been known to do tours to bring in classes and homeschooling programs and uh, leadership programs in the county. We'll bring in students and we'll just walk them through the set. We'll talk about the history of the property. We'll tell them things like that. But you have to be at least 16 to actually attend a taping. That mm-hmm. is the only restriction. Um, so when you go online, it's all about just registering yourself, making sure that you fill out the information correctly, because we do need to know a few things ahead of time, because security is very important to us. It's mm-hmm. not about the governor's security. It's about yours. And, uh, you know, from time to time, uh, because he did run for president several years ago, there are still a few people out there that want to try to be troublemakers. Mm-hmm. So you do what you can to go above and beyond to make sure that everyone in the audience knows that they are safe. And mm-hmm. so the only thing we ask is that you register online and you answer the questions that are there. 
which will also help us know who you are. So mm. if there ever was an emergency or anything, we know how to, you know, to reach out and, and take care of everyone. Um, but that's it. It's really that it's simple. No money. Mm. We have tour groups that come, but we tell the tour people, mm. just don't tell them it's free. Just include it in your program. And if you're a tour bus operator, we'll go above and beyond and give them something extra. You know, we'll treat them. We'll give them better seating or bring them in first. We'll give them an armband or a, a souvenir, something to help you as a tour operator know that even though it's free and you're charging for your service, that they mm -hmm. know they're getting extra special treatment, even though the ticket was free. Um, and so we found ways you know, to not only accommodate tour groups as well as individuals and, and groups. We'll, we'll have groups of 10, 12 come in like Sunday school classes or mm -hmm. life groups, cell groups, as people used to call them, um, Sunday, uh, uh, senior groups from, let's say, a retirement village um, a few hours away, you know, and there'll be 15 or 20 people. And then some of them will be 50 to 60 people. So it really mm -hmm. is whatever you want. And, you know, so we can accommodate it all, but it's free. That's how you do wow. it. That's okay. fantastic. I can't I wait to go. Like, ah, and you guys had me at food. I heard, I heard cake and then <laughs> I heard, oh, and then people, you know, because you want to leave with uh, delight on your face. I'm like, yeah. Do we get snacks on the way out too? Like, right, come right. on now. Come well, on, somebody. What um, I try to make sure that everybody understands is we don't actually feed you a full meal. What no. we do is like, we'll, we always have a dessert and refreshments, but mm -hmm. we sometimes will go beyond that if it's a theme night. For instance, we did a one night, we did Hee Haw night because we had the cast of Hee Haw on the show. So we invited the audience to dress up like their favorite, you know, Hee Haw character. Well, we had this, the, the holding area all decorated out. We even had a clothing line with bloomers hanging on it and everything, you know, <laughs> and we served cornbread. Um, out of 10 bowls and we had like a, a spread of toppings like jams and preserves and butter and so they could make their own oh, wow. cornbread uh, like a dessert bar and we served pinto beans with them so sometimes we'll do the little extra things just to make the experience a little bit more mm -hmm. accurate <laughs> I love it so did they get to take home the tin cup they can, yeah, I mean, we don't, you know, anything that's accessible to them is theirs. You know, we, mm -hmm. we, um, and, and even the bottled water has Huckabee labels on it. We have, mm -hmm. we see people take the bottled water home all the time, or they'll even come through a meet and greet line at the end, which is another part of the experience and yes. have them autograph it. But th that is probably the most coveted part of the audience experience. We yeah. just say Zoom. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my in-law, I looked down and my in-laws were the first people in line to get a picture. <laughs> and and the thing is that, that this is just another part. It's all in the details. It is all mm -hmm. in the details. It's such a well-oiled machine that even that runs very smoothly. You don't feel like you're being rushed or pushed away from the governor. He literally looks everyone in the eyes. He shakes yes. their hand. He acknowledges them as a human being. And there's no like, Literally, someone is holding your bag for you. Another person has your phone and they don't just take a picture of you in the posed moment. They take multiple pictures as you're just having the conversation. So people oh, leave like I with do. these. Yes, yes. But it, but but you don't realize like how how precious that is. I mean, I remember the yeah. first time I stood in that line and I got to take pictures. I was there when um, when uh, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West was there and yeah. he stuck around and took pictures with people. And that was that was such a huge deal. And um, and so, yeah, it's it, it's in the details all the way from the moment you walk in that door till the That's second really you leave. No one he's going to come down and stand. What's so cute for me is like. 
in that waiting area, people are taking pictures with a cardboard cutout. I know. And they don't realize they're going to see him. <laughs> yes. That they're going to get to take a picture with the, the you know, and now yes. I was there one time when that didn't happen, but I think there may or may not have been a tornado hit right outside the studios. We're trying to make sure everybody got out of there without, you know, going up in a, in a twist. Yes. Show. Yes. And my son, Trey, who came to the show, um, who, by the way, okay. So, so my son, Trey is, um, he doesn't do a lot with me when it comes to the comedy. It's just weird that mom does this anyway, but he came to the Huckabee show because one, I made him and two, because <laughs> he was going to get to see Wynette and her son is a uh, country music artist, a very, very good country music artist who oh, is just shooting for the stars right now. What's and his name? It, his name is, go ahead, Wynette, you tell him. I'll, actually, I'll, I actually have my, this is my son, Chase. Actually, he's wearing, oh gosh, look, he's wearing a Huckabee hat. That, oh, look, she's got her Huckabee t-shirt. She's got a t-shirt with Chase on it. His name is Chase wow. Matthew. And um, he loves Governor Huckabee, by the way. And so mm. when he did his first promo picture, it was with a Huckabee hat on. I was so nice. shocked oh, cool. when he did that. And this is his buddy, JD, his his lovely dog. I'm doing this backwards. There we go. This is JD. <laughs> uh, JD's getting ready to make his Hollywood debut in Chase's next video. Music oh, wow. Coming out. It's going to be so sweet. Well, um, Trey came with me um, and and I told him, I said, you know, uh, Miss Wynette, maybe she'll have an opportunity to say hello to you. If she's not busy, they'll be glad to introduce you. And he's like, seriously, oh. you know, and that, that was so cool because him and his friends here, we, we don't, we don't live far from Nashville at all. And him and his friends have been following him from the beginning and watching him. And my kid knows, you know, wow. the lyrics to his songs and all of these things. Mm -hmm. And Michelle, this last weekend, um, Trey went, this is only the second concert my son's ever been to. And he went and got to watch Chase in Beaver Dam, Kentucky. Is that right? Where the yeah, theater was? The theater there. Yes. Yeah. And um, at, the, at the end of the concert, he posts this picture and it's him and his buddies. And I yeah. thought, I go, oh, well, Joshua, take the picture. Why don't you have him in the picture? And he goes, no, Miss Wynette took the I picture. Did. <laughs> I was like, and then when they got in the truck, this is what's so cute. When they got in the truck, his buddy John goes, we should have taken a picture with her. <laughs> They're like, oh gosh, we messed up. This is what was so funny about that. First, he as soon as the concert was over and, and everybody started exiting, I was talking with my family about, okay, I got to figure out a way to go backstage and get the dog without people, you know, swarming me. Yes. And all of a sudden I heard, Miss Wynette, Miss Wynette. And I was like, what? And it was him. And I was like, oh, hey, sweet. He's like, this is my friend so-and-so. And so then about five minutes later, I see him again when I'm walking out. And he's like, would you mind taking a picture? And, uh -huh. I, and my first thought I was, is he trying to ask me to take a picture with him? And then when I realized it was for him and his friends, I was cracking up inside because I was like, <laughs> this is like one of those moments where some big celebrity goes, Wait a minute. I thought you want to take a picture with me. <laughs> well, when they got the pickup truck, they they got they had this moment. They were like, duh, we should have taken a picture with his mother. Because <laughs> Trey already has a picture with you. He actually got to take yes. a picture with Wynette and Chase's grandmother. It's a yes. family affair there at the Huckabee show. And um, but but here here's the deal, pickle. <laughs> I watched as Wynette was sharing. I know. Every time she says that, it, it cracks me up too. And every time. Here's what the deal, was, Pickles. 
listen, so Chase, Chase is, a, he's a country music artist and he has fans from, uh, you know, from all over, all different yeah. walks of life who um, some have faith, some do not. Uh, and I got to see when I go live and her son from the stage just took an opportunity to honor God and let people know that they're loved mm. and he didn't preach to them, but he used his platform. And as a mom of a, a, a teenage boy who is in that, uh, was saved when I was little figuring out my way, not exactly, you know, uh, well, I told a couple of episodes ago, I told Michelle, I had some Christian comedians all coming over and Michelle's son had just been like to Africa, you know, saving people. And our friend Dory's daughter had just finished, um, uh, learning how to deliver babies in foreign countries. And, and they all have these like kids who are doing big things for the kingdom. And I was like, all right, Trey, at any point, if you want to say you love Jesus and not mention your next <laughs> tattoo, that'd be great. That'd be great. You know, of course he laughed because he knows, he knows I love him in the walk that he's in yeah. and, and God loves him more than I do. And he's chasing him harder than I could ever chase him. But to have your, to have your son, you never know who's listening or who he's speaking to. But I knew that night my kid heard more than a country song, but he he heard a message of hope yes. and faith from somebody he looks up to, from somebody who he admires and has a respect for. I don't want to say a fan because I, I think that has a different implication. I just think my kid really has a respect for your son as an artist and what he's doing. And I definitely gained a major respect for him when I got to see that moment. And I know as a mom, it's like, we, we know our, our boys and they don't always make the best decisions, but man, when they honor God, it's the best moment ever as a mom. Thank you. So I, I, am, that. I do. Yeah. So it's super I, I exciting. I do want to say this about it and then we can move on. But I, I have to say, I mean, every time that I get an opportunity to go to a concert, which is not that often, he's told me, mom, I do it every, every show I will, I've committed that I will do this every show. I will take a few minutes to connect with my people, my, my fans and let them know who I am at the core. Mm -hmm. And and you're right. I mean, he, he's not trying to preach to them. He says that I'm no. not trying to preach to you. I'm not trying to, you know, be anything but just someone that makes sure you leaves here better than you came in and um, knows that that you are loved. And I want you to know that you can be anything you want. You were born for a purpose. God has a plan. And the only reason I'm and he says the only reason I'm here today is because I trusted God's plan, even when I didn't understand it. Yeah. And and uh, as a mom. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm like you as a mother of a boy. Boys are not easy to raise. They're they're different. Um, yes, <laughs> they're different. And uh, Chase was very stubborn, and you know, very uh, um, a lot a lot like me growing up. Mm. He was he's a leader. He's not a follower. Yeah, so he has a tendency to think everything he says is right, and everybody, you know. Yep. <laughs> so you're dealing with that same thing that you are, and it's like okay, I'm clashing with my boy here, but I realize what it is, is I'm seeing pieces of myself in him and I'm also seeing God's plan. Um, I'm seeing the courage and I'm seeing mm -hmm. the, the strength that's growing in him uh, to not worry about what the industry says, but right. to be who God's called him to be. He doesn't walk around and say, I'm a Christian. I'm, and yeah. he doesn't sing Christian music, yeah. but he realizes that, that there are a lot of people out there 
that'll never darken the doors of a church building or mm-hmm. anything like that. But everybody needs to at least know that somebody loves them and somebody, you know, roots for them, has a plan for them, believes in them, hopes for them. Um, and we've seen kids walking around with tattoos now that say born for this. Yes. Isaiah 54, 17 branded yeah. all over their bodies. And it's like a movement that has been happening with this song uh, that he wrote about his life and how God told him, you know, don't lose your faith. You were born for this. And so mm-hmm. I think, uh, my biggest personal lesson in the last year has been has come through all of this. And what I can tell you as a mom of a boy I've learned that everything is not about me and everything in my life that's happened to me is not about, wasn't about me. And everything I'm seeing in my son's life right now isn't about him. It's mm-hmm. about who he's going to impact. It's about the person that's going to say, you know what, that boy's right. I can do this. I can go back to school. I can be what I always wanted to be. I can stop using meth. I can, I can take less drinks. I can stop smoking. I can get my health back. I can love my mom or call my dad and say, I'm sorry. And mm. so we have seen that. And I'm just like, okay, this is bigger than I could ever do in Huckabee as far as impacting people in a positive way, mm. which is always my goal on the show. Mm-hmm. My boy is doing it a completely different way. And yeah. I'm so proud because of that. I've always been proud of him. But what I'm proud most is that I see that handiwork, you know, that, yes. that whispering Jesus thing we talked about. Yes. And and I'm just blown away how I would have never been able to orchestrate that. If you had told me two years ago that he would be doing this today, I would have said, no, he won't. That He he doesn't have the courage to rise up against the industry and, and to be mm. that. Yeah. But he does because it's not, because it doesn't come from parenting. It comes from God. And yes. so I have all hope portraying that he's going to be everything that he's, you know, every purpose that is designed for his life is going to come. Yes. In God's time. And I'm sorry to make this so Christian theme today. You it's guys. all good. It's all good. <laughs> but we'll I just take want to reject that. <laughs> well, we'll take it. No, I definitely didn't want to go without mentioning that. And just what a blessing yeah. that was to him. And, and, and again, what a blessing the Huckabee show has been. I don't know if you guys yeah. realize this or not, but I've had, when people saw my set or whatever, they reached out and they're like, that's a bucket list for me. It has become for a lot of Christian comedians has become a bucket list to go oh, oh, to, to be on the show. To be I was thinking, Huckabee. I was thinking a, a bucket, bucket list, like everything from McDonald's. <laughs> what? Yes, yes, no. <laughs> that's it's a big become, bucket. <laughs> yes. It's become a bucket list thing for a lot of yes. Christian comedians. They've seen their friends on there and and they're like, man, I, you know, and, and the reputation is just so strong and so welcoming and warm that that's a place that that comedians of faith are drawn to now that like really want to be there. I, I'm I just that. that makes me yeah. so much. It's right. It, it really is. It definitely is. And um, and so, yeah, I just thought, you know, you should know that it's created that culture, too, that makes that draws artists to the Huckabee show. And they and they want to be a part of this because it's just. It's just something great to be a part of. And um, I've been honored and blessed to be able to to do this. Michelle, is it a bucket list for you? 
is it on your it's and it's no it's never been uh on a bucket list but i the audience experience now that sounds like is that the bucket list for you now like i'm like that sounds amazing (laughs) we got you (laughs) um i want to watch all my friends on there um no because what i love june is that you just you simply said that you know because it's such a show of excellence that you know, you have all these comedian friends that are being drawn to be yeah. there. And that's really how the work of God is. If if oh, you're yeah. doing something in the work of God and you're in his the middle of, of what he has for you, people come to you. It's, you know, if you lift up the name, mm-hmm. all men will be drawn unto you. So mm-hmm. I, I love the fact that you say, you know, your, your son is doing what he's doing and, and, and he's getting fans, but it's not really fans for him. Cause he's like, this is who I am. This is the center right. of who I am. So I love that he's showing that. And I love that you have such a heritage of what you've been doing, um, from your parents to your musical abilities, mm-hmm. to your, your tourism, like everything that, everything that's been happening in your life has all been to come and, and do what you're doing at the show. But what I love about this is I know um, that you wrote a book, The Man Who Loves Souls, and then mm-hmm. that's about your grandfather. Yes. And yes. and you also true. you also created a, a like is is your music CD called like Heritage, right? So like you have you have all these things that are that's about your family. And then the heritage of your family, which all mm-hmm. goes back to the heritage of Christ. I just, I love this. Now, can people still order your book and your CD? Like, can people buy those things? You can. And here's the thing. Um, we, we did it because not, it wasn't for me. It was, it, we did the CD of, of the heritage music. We wanted to do music that was what we grew up on. Mm-hmm. And, and and the cookbook that I also my family did and my book on my grandfather, which is called it was called The Man Who Loves Souls, because that's what is engraved on his grave marker. Mm-hmm. And oh, wow. that was what he said when right before he died, my father asked him, Dad, what do you want people to remember about you most? And he said, I want him to remember that I was the man who loves souls. Mm-hmm. And that is what um, became the theme for that book. So if you were to order that book and yes, you can, you can go to WinnetteTurner.com or WinnetteTurner at gmail.com and request the book or a CD heritage CD is all about the older songs of faith mm-hmm. uh, done in a style that's a little bit more modern, but still maintains the integrity of the music. Um, but it was about sharing our heritage and preparing it for the future generations like Trey and Chase, you know, June, mm-hmm. I, my reference points growing up in the faith are not the same as my son. He didn't have two grandfathers that were pastors. He didn't have, um, he didn't live with his grandfathers half the time, you know, and yeah. have a constant influence. He didn't go fishing and, and sit by the bank and listen to my grandfather's stories like I did. So it's like, what do you do for the next generation to make sure that you can capture a little bit of your past to, because you can't take your brain and put it in their brain to help them understand who you are, right? Who you are as a parent or a grandparent, but you can give them pieces of your past through songs and books and words and actions mm-hmm. and memories. And that is why we did all of this. It wasn't just about me; it was about my family. So the 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 book um, "Man Who Loves Souls" is about Reverend Henry Robertson, who was was my father's father. And uh, he built over 80 churches in his lifetime. 
Um, wow. And, uh, and I mean, um, most of them were physically building brick by brick. So mm-hmm. uh, when I was little, he started asking me if I would record things on cassette tapes back when cassettes were king. Yes. And, <laughs> well, clearly I have records. I got, I got a lot yep. of records. <laughs> me too. Me too. I have and a pencil for a cassette. Oh. Yeah, to twist a little. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so he would he would re- ask me if I would record him talking. So I saved all of those cassettes and I said, Papa, and I think I might have been 10 or 11. Um, I said, I'm going to write everything in a spiral notebook, too, just so in case we can't, you know, use the, just the tapes. We got it in print, too. So my little hands would write as fast as I could everything he would say. Wow. And so over wow. the years, I had stacks and stacks and stacks and stacks of these spirals. And I told him one day when I was like 11, I think, and I said, Papa, one day I'm going to write a book about you. And he was laughing. He said, Winnette, you don't have to do that, honey. He said, you know, everything that I do is for God. I don't care about the accolades of man. He said, you know, every, he said, the Bible is, is uh, the written word of God. And all I can say is that there's a whole lot that can be done for the kingdom as long as you don't care who gets credit, honey. And he said, and I don't care who gets the credit. I said, well, well, that doesn't matter. The people need to know your stories and I'm going to write the story. And obviously you're going to be in it because it's your story. And he's like, well, whatever someday. Well, you know what? It took me to the age of 40 to do it. Mm. When I turned Um, 40, God started saying, Wynette, who are you? What are you doing? You know, so I left my job uh, working for Gannett and I took a year off and I wrote this book. And I pulled out all those old manuscripts and just typed Mm. every word word by word, tried to leave his own lingo in it. Like he, he had a habit of saying words incorrectly Yes, because he had like a third grade education. You know, he was the preacher that walked around in overalls, uh, you know, and wore an old derby hat and, uh, and old boots. You know, it, it, it was his thing. He, was the guy that traded coon dogs and traded pocket knives with people out in the people mm-hmm. sit at a bar and he didn't drink a drop in his whole life after he gave his heart to the Lord. And he would wow. just go where the hurting people were and he'd say, Hey, let's talk. And he became known as, as preacher Robinson is what they called him in the community. And he would just go hang out with people and trade stuff and invite them to come on out to wherever his next revival or church service was. And, and one, one, an amazing lot of people for the kingdom and uh yes. i watched him give his shoes away to a man one time who said the only reason he couldn't come to church is because he didn't have good enough clothes to be in the presence of god and my grandfather mm. left his shoes there when he left his house and the man didn't realize it until after he was gone and my grandfather walked home in snow with no shoes on mm, wow because he wanted this man to know that he loved him enough that he wanted to see him in the house of God. And that man's family went to church the next Sunday. And that was many generations ago. And their whole family has been changed because of that. Mm-hmm. So the stories you're going to read in the book are pretty powerful. You're going to see stories like the Hatfields and McCoy kind of stories. Cause he was mm-hmm. born in 1909. Um, and he lived out in the country. Um, and you know, they were shooting each other and killing each other. That was their own law back then. Yeah. Um, you know, they were, do moonshining and b- building stills and uh, just trying to survive. I mean, so some of the stories are pretty powerful. So if you're into that, um, that kind of story or maybe the early holiness movement, uh, mm. you'll hear his stories of how his, he was, uh, he gave his life to God and, and the transformation in his family's life after that. So it's called the man who loves souls.com. If you want to see some of his family pictures, 
You can go to themanwholovesouls.com and see like a 75 photos uh, of his growing up and his family um, and learn more about the book there as well. Wow. It's well, not surprising. He, he ends up with a granddaughter who, when you tell the story and you're saying that, she, that he went to people, he just went and connected with people. He just hung yeah. out with people and enjoyed being with people. And then years later, yeah. his granddaughter is doing the same thing. She's, she's yeah. just connecting with people and making people feel, Not I don't know if you're trading, I'm pretty sure you don't trade pocket knives over there at the Huckabee show, because <laughs> but you probably could, because a we lot of the audience, them. I'm sure, show up with the pocket knife. My, I, my family is that, but the men in my family, they don't think like, oh, we're not allowed to take pocket knives through security. Right, so, right. so maybe that'll be another thing you could do, you know. Real men carry pocket <laughs> knives. And fingernail clippers. Yeah. What? Well, Wynette, we thank you so, so much for being on the show. Um, wow. We need to have you back. We, we need do. to have you back because there's we, so much more I have to ask you. Yeah. So. Yes. We absolutely yes, I do. I did want to say this one last thing. I didn't get to yes. answer your question, Michelle, about what's it like to be on the show. You know, yeah. that what you're looking for as far as warm up comedians go is obviously clean content, uh, content that um, will be will appeal to an older audience. Uh, people that um, are patriotic, people that typically um, um, are supporters of uh, first responders and, you know, veterans and uh, mm -hmm. just believe um, in, in our republic and being uh, patriotic and, and being uh, proud to be an American. Um, mm -hmm. they're, they're not particularly political, but they do appreciate a host of the show that doesn't necessarily speak from the right or the left, but just speaks about what's good for the country. And yeah. so when, when you come in as a warm up, if you're interested, if any, any of the warm ups that watch your show are interested in uh, putting their, their name in the hat to be warm up, uh, what they're wanting, they're going to want to do is reach out to me uh, at W Turner at TBN.TV. Make sure you provide your links and things that I can see your performances, a little bio, uh, somebody that recommends you that, that I might be familiar with. Um, and, and just um, give me a chance to get to know who you are as an artist yourself hmm. uh, and be prepared. You know that that it, and it's June. I don't know if you got this. I can't remember the night you were there, if they kind of made you move around on the schedule or if you actually went out ahead hmm. of time or in the yeah. middle or somewhere else. But Sometimes, depending on the layout of the show, they may ask our warm-ups to come out in the middle of taping, like during a lull or a place where they've stopped down for a little while. So as long as you're flexible and, and you want to uh, be considered for warm-up, um, we only have 52 weeks a year, 52 shows a year. So obviously, we can only rotate so many warm-ups in a year. Mm -hmm. um, and at the t and right now, it's one to two times a year at the most we can even get somebody in simply because there's only 52 dates a year. Um, mm -hmm. So if you can get in once a year, um, mm -hmm. that's going to probably end up being the, the average uh, uh, mm -hmm. opportunity before you know, because as new com comedy comes in, uh, we want to keep everybody in the rotation and moving, but we love you, June. We love oh you. Oh my God. I, can't I had to you back. I had, I had absolutely the best experience ever um, from the, from the little hiccups to just the amazing, uh, the amazing audience and the experience all the way around. Like I could not have asked for more of a blessed 
uh, first time experience being out there doing the crowd warm up. God's timing is perfect. You know, I, I, I again, we, we've talked several times on the episodes about, you know, losing my mom not long ago and, you know, just lost her in May and life has been a real roller coaster. And then there was this nice quiet little moment right before I got to do the crowd warm up at the Huckabee show. And it was just this kind of, it was perfect timing. It was just what I needed for my soul and for my life at the moment. And, um, and I can't thank you enough for considering me because I know Michelle, you can hear it in her voice. That show was important. The people, mm-hmm who come and sit in the audience, each and every single one of them means something to Wynette. And I don't and didn't take that lightly. And I wanted to make sure that I I, I did it right for you and for the people who are in the crowd. And so, um, as I told her before, just thank you for trusting me in that position because that's your family. And and you let me have a moment with your family. And that meant so much to me. And thank you for extending, you know, putting that out there for other people who might be interested in it. And um, yeah, and I hope one day to be back on there. I'll be back sitting in the audience anyway, because I watch and see which one of my friends are in town. Um, and I believe we we have a friend coming up soon that might be on there. So I'll, I'll be sitting in the audience again soon. Well, I would well, love that. Michelle, you can piggyback off of her and come on with her. Okay. Yes, ma'am. All right. All right. You that. got it. Wait, what uh, what food will be served? i I can tell you this our next theme night for audience is august 19th we're doing a 50 sock hop (gasps) yeah i have socks i have socks and i just i just talked about my mom blowing her knee out at a sock hop so right yeah oh yeah come on august the 19th that's when we're doing the sock hop there it is. I'm writing it down. I'm writing it down. Well, Wynette, my, uh, have- my birthday's in September. If you want to do another cake. No. <laughs> okay. you hey, you just let me know when you'll be there. We'll make something happen. If you're in the audience too, it, one of the part of that questionnaire is they do ask if you're celebrating something, they recognize people who are having anniversaries and birthdays. I was there in like October or something and a girl named June or a girl, an elderly woman <laughs> named June was in the audience and it was her birthday, but it was yeah, o- nice October. So I was like, oh, because we get asked all the time. Were you born in June? She wasn't. She was born yeah. in October. Yeah. And I didn't know that June was born in June. I had no idea. <laughs> Sometimes what will happen is uh, like a group of daughters will bring their mom you like to Mm. the show and say this is our birthday celebration that we didn't get to take so and so months ago and we brought mom down here and this is a birthday trip so when we get that info we treat it just like somebody that's having a birthday that week and we go on and give them a shout out so you know it's one of those experience things it's one of those things that we just love being part of our experience so hope you guys can all get out and anybody who listens or, or watches, please come see us. Huckabee.tv. Huckabee.tv. Well, Wynette, thank you again. Michelle's going to send you to the green room again. Enjoy those snacks. Uh, we're going to close it up here, but if you'll hang out for just a minute so we can properly tell you thank you for being here today. All right, Michelle wow. Van Dusen. What did I tell you? What did I tell you? I tell you. Best guest ever. You were yeah. right on the money with that one. Right on the money. I'm I'm telling you, God has just put so many cool people in our path. Has he not? And what an honor to have her on the show today. Well, we want to remind you guys, the Laugh Support Podcast, if you're listening, um, you can listen to the Laugh Support Podcast about any platform that you find a podcast. And if you would like to see us and see the cool 
um, t-shirt that I was showing and the picture of Chase and the book and all of those things that that we were showing off. Or this um, plant. And Michelle's plant, her random plant that hasn't died yet because it's not real. Um, you can see us on the Creative Motion Network on Roku TV. You can also watch us on YouTube and on Vimeo. All right. And you can see these cool, these cool t-shirts. My kid's going to be like, where's my shirt at? <laughs> if, shirt, I really mess, I wear, if I really want to mess, if I wanted to mess with shirt today, where is it? Yeah. Why if I wanted to mess with them, it, I'll walk out wearing it. That's what I would do. I'll, I'll throw on a t-shirt. <laughs> like that'll totally rock his world. Rock his world. All yeah, right. I can't fit my kid's t-shirts at all. That's so. <laughs> that's yeah. going to be it for this episode <laughs> of the Laugh Support Podcast. As always, <laughs> Jesus and Junebug loves you. And Michelle, tell them goodbye, my friend. Goodbye, my friend. And don't forget, squirrels may lose 25% of their buried food to thieves. Back to the squirrels. It always goes back to the squirrels. <laughs> <laughs>